0: Hello and welcome to the Gig Hero Podcast. My name is Ashley Green and this is a podcast to help you entertainers book more gigs, make more money and just do more of what you love. And that's right, if you are a long-term listener listening to this podcast, you would have probably noticed something weird, something strange, something different, and that's the fact the name has completely changed. The business has changed overall, the company has changed overall, the name has changed. It was formerly called The Successful Mentalist and we were a company to help magicians and mentalists book more gigs, make more money. But a few things have changed in the business. We're actually going bigger, better and stronger. And it's changed to the gig hero. It summarizes more of what we do because we're helping all entertainers, whether that's a magician, a mind reader, a hypnotist, a comedian, a pianist. You get the point. Anyone in entertainment, you guys book more gigs and make more money. So with that said, with that covered, today's episode is going to be a real interesting one. I've wanted to do this for a while because a lot of entertainers come to me with the topic about working with agents, agencies, people to help them actually book more gigs a lot of people are in the boat of they're doing well and they need someone to help uh, actually run stuff for them and actually deal with more of the admin side and then i get entertainers come to me who are kind of worrying about i'm not getting enough leads come in at the moment and maybe having an agent on my book would really help me go further as uh as an entertainer so we wanted to debunk some of the myths debunk some of the problems working with agencies teach you guys what to look out if you do pursue uh your career with working alongside an agent and all of the fun stuff in between so with that said i'm going to introduce my amazing guest today who is not only a wonderful friend but is my agent mr dean williamson
1: hello ash and hello everyone listening
0: I think today, Dean, it's going to be a very interesting episode, but, you know, the people at large all around the world know what they were here for, uh, to talk about agencies, to uh, kind of get an insight into that, uh, to help them out if they wish to pursue uh, their career working alongside an agent, or maybe if it is the right step for them and and some of those problems which come with working with certain agents. But before we jump into any of that, could you give us a background about you, like why you're here, uh, why I've selected you to be the one to represent agents at large and, and, and what you do ultimately with your company, The Factory of Magic?
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much for that warm introduction. Ash, um, <clears throat> as you know, I have a lot to say on this subject. It's uh, it's a very interesting one and certainly sparks debate within our industry, not just magic a, a, across the board. And I see this kind of online all the time. Debates around, you know, whether you should have an agent, how do you approach an agent, what do you do when you've got one, what do they do? Um, so there's a lot of interesting facets and um, there's a lot of changes that are coming as well and, and are in place, especially over the sort of last three years for obvious reasons, which we'll, we'll get into for a while. But like, yeah, as you say, let me talk about the agency that i set up so the agency that i set up is known as the factory of magic ashley is a member of the factory right from the very start uh, we brought some more magicians on a couple uh, about a year ago now um and so the factory of magic it was first set up in 2020 right at the start of the lockdown unfortunately we still are referencing that time period but we have to because it's uh, for context so i set the factory of magic up which is uh, a talent agency dedicated to the magical arts so for non-magicians that means it's an agency for magicians. We book magicians for events. Um and we help our clients choose magicians as well, which is very important. I'll come back to that shortly. Um it's a very small band of magicians. The very important point to make at this point as to why it's only a small agency. So there's lots of, before I started the Factory Magic, if we take us a little bit back, throughout my for, throughout my performing career, uh, I've worked with different ages, uh, agents across the UK, and there's lots and lots of things that used to frustrate me about them, um, which I, I'm sure we'll go into shortly. But all these things came into a melting pot, and it made me realise there's lots of changes needed here. There's lot, lots of extra touches need adding to it. One of my biggest thought processes around agencies is that a lot of people that are agents come from a performing, not business, background. So therefore the elements and degrees of professionalism you would expect for something like a professional service like an agency isn't necessarily always there um, so i was looking to change that because my background is working in sales working in business uh, similar to ash as well hence why his company is so successful and, and, and growing because we've got that background that we can put into it so those skills are was able to put into the agency so We'll talk about some of the things um, that kind of to avoid and that will help um, shortly. But I set the factory Magic up, uh, as I said, about midpoint twenty twenty. And One of the biggest reasons I set the factory up is because, as we know, any entertainer, our portfolios practically disappeared overnight. We weren't able to go out and perform. We couldn't go to theaters. We couldn't go to bars. We couldn't go to restaurants. It was r- horrific. Sorry to remind listeners of that time. We know it's getting better now. Um, and that horrified me, because I absolutely love magic, I love all forms of entertainment. I thought, what can I do to help to get people gigs? Now, fortunately, in the magic world, and comedy as well um, to an extent, virtual magic became a thing. Um, so we were able to transition quickly going from uh, performing in, in public to to virtual gigs. But none of us had really any experience of how to promote ourselves virtually. So that's kind of where I come in, and I was able to move away from performing myself to helping the guys out, such as Ash. Um, and it's been a really interesting journey since that since that point. We've just passed our second birthday. Um, things are going really well. Um, and everyone's getting out there performing and becoming busy again. So that's quite a long introduction to the to the short question, Ashley.
0: Yeah, no, and I think it summarized what you do. And, and, and I would like to touch on, on the small team of what you've got and, and why this is an interesting point for the listeners. Um, because it also reminds me of something the amazing, uh, American, uh, the chat based in America, Bannercheck, um, actually, uh, actually said, um, to me when it comes to working with agencies when I was on his podcast many, many years ago. Um, but yeah, like like you've done a lot of awesome things. When we worked together throughout the pandemic, you was helping me, especially book some very very high profile shows for corporate companies, working with the like Marriott Hotel, working with doing online events literally all around the world, from Switzerland to America. We done. um cocktail masterclass valentine's nights with magic where audiences from i think what like santorini to london we even had some very famous people tune in from like las vegas um we've done shows together for companies with audiences of literally over like twenty thousand people i know the one in india uh, tech fest which was pretty cool um and you've got some awesome people on your book including the vice president of the magic circle which is uh, which is very nice i love the fact that you've missed all of this out like as well <laughs> it's just like yeah i could say this but i'm a very modest guy but here's the thing i want to touch on it seems like every entertainer that i speak to at the moment always thinks dean working with an agent yes maybe that's what i need to help my career and there is something which you said to me when I started working with you, which made me kind of realise, hang on a minute, this is very true. I shouldn't be relying on an agent. And you said to me, the words, don't be reliant on me. Get your own gigs. Because at the end of the day, if it didn't work, if you decided to, I don't know, get into an awful car crash or anything happened, then I'd be at square one again, you know? And I think that was very wise words. And what I would love you to touch on is, is it right for entertainers at any stage to get an agent? And if so, should they be completely reliant on the agent? C- can you share some of your wisdom behind that?
1: Of course, um, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head there, and that's exactly what I what I said to, what I say to all the magicians at the part of the factory is that don't necessarily rely on me. You when you when you get an agent, you shouldn't necessarily rely on them to find all the work because the majority of the time, you'll probably end up disappointed. So it's about having the correct mindset you should really see an agent as sort of an extension of your network in your business someone there that can aid you to to get gigs as well and also bounce ideas off as well because you know they may be able to bring things to the table where they, they would mention something like have you thought about performing at this location oh no i hadn't um had you thought about working with other magicians different things like that so really they should be there to kind of be that extension networking business um and, and help you b- bounce ideas off but obviously the the main benefit of having an agent is to to try and find you work. and um, I do think in, and this still is the case now, I mean the whole term agent has quite a bad reputation. If you take football for example, think about football agents, you don't have a good reputation whatsoever. And it's the same in other industries. So it's difficult to find the right agent that can work with you. And and also respects and believes in you because how can somebody promote you unless they respect and believe in you. So all everyone that's on my book, so we have eight eight magicians, which is very small. Uh, I, have, I keep it small for a reason. So if a client goes onto our website, um, let's take it back a step or two, actually. If we look at existing agencies, and you can go out and look at these yourselves, if you've looked before, you'll go on an agency website and we will tend to have hundreds of performers, whether that's in acting or in, in comedy or wherever. It's a bit of a minefield for a, uh, a client or a new prospect to go on and try and find somebody that they need. So I wanted to do reverse of that and have a select band of magicians, if you will, each of them fill, fill a specific criteria. So if someone's to go on our website and they wanted someone to perform on stage, it says quite clearly there, Ashley's the person to work with. If you wanted somebody to do more comedy, sort of cabaret stage, it's probably Rick. If you wanted someone close up, that would be Cyrus, for example. And um, so we wanted to make it streamlined as possible. And the other thing to remember, everything we're talking about now, and, and kind of my insight within to, into the agency business, I've taken from other lines of work. So from sales, um, from telecoms, which is my background, and just implemented within the magic industry. So, yeah, a lot of agents have a kind of a, a bad reputation. I think also it helps as well, have performing backgrounds. So when I speak with clients, um, I understand what it takes for an event. I know the right things to ask, because that's another important factor as well. Ask your agent, have you any performing background? Because if they don't, how can they negotiate the best deal? And I'm not necessarily talking about the fees. I'm talking about, um, can they get you a dressing room? Have they got the right equipment there? What, what are the timings like? They need to be speaking the same language as you, as, you, as yourself because you want to trust and rely on them to get that work. But not only that, give you the right type of work. If you're a stage performer that performs to adults, it's no good going into uh, um, on a children's ward to perform Magic at Christmas, for example. I think we'd all do that. Maybe maybe not a great example. The, you know, The point is that the agent's got to be able to Uh, speak the same sort of language. So there's probably the three things that I'd I'd point out as well. An agent's really, it's role, uh, I guess, threefold. One is to find you gigs, first and foremost. The second is to treat you with respect so they understand you as a performer and and totally get you and back you to the hill. All the magicians in the factory, I consider them the best performers in the UK. Of course, I would not their agent. I fully believe in everything that they do. Um, And they are. Uh, And then finally, do they work with a degree of professionalism? Is the proper booking forms in there in fact do they ask you to look at the booking form do they share that with you and um, so you know you're working you're working together as a team so um it's it, it would kind of make sense in some ways to go out and just apply for every single agency i wouldn't do that one of the things i'd look out for is if they if they've got a uh, a performing background and you know can they can they really help and elevate your business and bounce the ideas off other people as well within your industry um, don't think you're on your own. There's lots of groups and things like that, specifically on Kink Hero, of course, will be able to help you do that. And Ashley's part of my agency, so will be able to, to help with that as well. Um, so it's, it's an interesting line of work, being an agent. It can be very frustrating, but I get very excited. And this is another thing to look out for. I get very excited and passionate about a lead coming through. Um, does the agent react like that when they've got a booking or some kind of interest? So there are little bits to kind of look out for along the way.
0: I think there's a lot to decode there, and I mentioned it before, Banachek. Um, again, one of the things that, that, that he said to me um, when, when we were chatting about agencies is you don't want to be on the books on the biggest agency around where, as you've said, they've got tons of performers. It might seem good for you guys listening to be like, wow, I'm on this exclusive agencies and they've got the best acts with, and they've got hundreds of people on their books. They're booking events every single day. You know, when you think about it like this, and exactly as Banachek described, who is a flipping professional, who is a master of his craft, and if you don't know him, give him a Google and and you'll see who I'm talking about and why his words are clearly very wise here. If you're on someone's books like that, you're just a small fish in a very big pond you're going to get ignored. You're not going to get the quality of gigs you want. The person running that company is going to have the the agent themselves, or maybe if they've got multiple people on the sales team, they're not going to have that rapport with you. They're not going to understand you as a performer. They do not care if you get gigs because they've got hundreds of other people pulling in money. But if you're on the books for an agent who, like Dean, has a small handful of acts All the gigs are distributed evenly. They are passionate about getting you gigs because that money directly goes to funding their family and lifestyle and putting bread on the table for them. If you're with someone massive, you're just going to get ignored. So it's a very important point. If you do decide to look for an agent, you want to look for someone exactly as Dean said, who is professional, who understands the industry, understands what you want, who understands you. But more important than that, it's just someone small who will look after you. Someone who's not trying to just like book millions of people, but also someone that can be your friend and understand you. Someone that you can build a relationship with, and when that's the case, it can go a long way. But I want to ask you, because you mentioned one thing, and you've hinted about it, and I've hinted about it through this episode. What are the negatives with agents, and why do they get a bad rep? Because I feel like we need to debunk this, and we need to share this on this episode, because at the end of the day, if people go away and book agents, they need to be aware of what to look out for, so that they don't get mugged off, ultimately.
1: Absolutely. So um, <laughs> I could wax lyrical about this for some time. And I don't need to come across as though that um, I think every agent is bad. I know some good ones, but I've met a lot of bad ones. I've done a lot of work with, uh, with, with just terrible agents. And it might not, you know, it's not necessarily there's any kind of uh, malice in there. It's just that they, they're not working in the way that I would deem professional. Because I balance it against what I do now. And I would hope that if you spoke to any of the magicians, they would give the say they would give you feedback that I'm doing the best job I possibly can. Um but when I set the set the factory up, I quite literally listed the pros and cons of agencies and then I focused on the cons. So what are the things that used to irritate me and wind me up when I would do gigs? So for example, don't look to go with an agent that's going to charge you to join their agency before they found you any work. I find that preposterous because so i do a little bit of acting on the side starting to see a little bit more now and now we can get out and things some agencies that i've approached because you know i need to to get work as well to fulfill my entertainment career um outside of magic they some of them want to charge me a fee and I'm, i think that's absolutely crazy what what's that fee for for processing some paperwork i don't pro- charge money for processing paperwork it's just it's just part of part of the job if the agent's saying, we're not going to charge anything, but we'll take commission further down the line, well, that's absolutely fine because they've found you the work, but they shouldn't be looking to make you pay something up front. Um, and also, it adds quite a bit of pressure on that as well, I think. Pressure on you, I paid this money, I've got to get work with them, and also the agent <clears throat> is pressured to find your work because you're paying uh, a fee towards them should already feel pressured anyway because it's part of the role we don't need to put kind of money in the mix as well um, and thing to, to look out for as well that I've seen is um, a level of commitment so you should be in a position where you could draw, you could join multiple agencies if you want and um, you shouldn't have a commitment to bookings so let's say an agent comes back with you some dates that simply do not work for you you shouldn't be obliged to take those dates and have to commit to them or for fear of being kicked out of the agency I don't think that's fair they should be able to work with you and also if they're in a team they should be able to pass the gig on to somebody else Um, and that that touches on as well there shouldn't be any exclusivity so you shouldn't have to be exclusive to an agency Um, I know some very large uh, uh, agencies in the UK I'm talking some of the biggest that you you have to be exclusive to the agency I think that's a little bit unfair Um, you know, you should be able to fill your diary up in your own way. The agent is an extension to your business. Um, A couple of things that I'd probably point towards uh, promotion as well. Is the agent looking to promote you at all? Is it just on the website? Have a look, go on the social media pages, go on the website. What sort of promotion are they doing for for that that particular act? Are they just promoting the agency? What do they do? Um, You know, because it's not, you need people to help get your name out there. The more you know, the more gigs and work you're going to get. Um, and the last thing is probably just around honesty. Is there, is there complete transparency between the agent and the performer? Are they sharing the fee that they're negotiating? Are you working together on that particular fee? Are you working together on the contract? Everything's going in there. Is the back and forth all the time? Are they catching up? Is the regular meetings? Um, and then finally, the one of the biggest things for me, and I looked into this legally, so in the UK, It may have changed, but when I looked into it at the start, you couldn't take more than fifteen percent of the fee. Are they looking to charge more than that? We, I charge very low. I'll be open and honest. It's ten percent. I think that's a fair amount. I'm just doing phone calls and and paperwork, really, Uh, to some people that (laughs) seem quite strenuous. But I'm sad, and I get excited by doing it. Um, What are they looking to charge you as well? So that's another thing. And they should be open and honest with that from the outset. It shouldn't be small print. It has to be uh, uh, open honest. So I think the key themes there: open being open honest and transparent yeah
0: the fee thing is a huge thing which i've heard a lot of entertainers being mugged off before and i've heard i've heard stories in the past and and it's not the first time i've heard this i've heard it multiple times where an event in question uh, an agent will uh, have an event or um, book one of their acts and say to an act brilliant uh, we'll give you 300 pounds um, and i'll take my my 15% commission off that so they take their 15% commission of 45 quid off that. Quick math. Quick math. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they take their commission of 45 quid and the, the act in question gets their, their 200 and 255 pounds and uh, and cracks on. But what they fail to disclose is they've actually sold the act for a thousand pounds and they've profited a booking fee off the top yeah. of ridiculous figures and then it? they've taken a commission off the small bit that they've actually passed to the uh, the agent themselves. <laughs> we can see Dean's actually busy plugging in stuff because he's realised, oh my gosh, my laptop is going to die. I'm to <laughs> say anything. Nice and <laughs> and not I've called something. you out because the people on the video would have been like, oh bugger, <laughs> what is
1: this? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Maybe um, you should charge more commission and get a better charge. Yeah. <laughs> <about it.
0: laughs> um, but, but no, like, this is, this is a big problem. And, and I think this is a problem with money focused agents. Like, I've heard stories as well of people who try and get around that, um, that thing, like you said, where agents are only allowed to charge 15% and they don't run it as an agency. They just run it as a company and the people are kind of like subcontracted work. And I know people who are taking like 50% per booking. 50 percent and there's acts which are going out doing so much hard work but they can't even make enough money to put bread on their own table and it's it's really destroying to see that and it often leads to a lot of entertainers just feeling like one resentful feeling sad and feeling trapped because they don't have enough money coming in they're working their arse off And they don't know how to get out of that trap because like we said at the beginning, they've given all of the responsibilities to their agent so they're not in control of their own business. So they're fully reliant on someone who is ultimately milking them dry of everything they got. And that is why I think agents get a really bad rep because it's demoralising from the point of view from being the entertainer when when that's the case.
1: It really is. I've probably got two good examples for this actually. Um, So... The first one is around a well-known talent show um, that's on every year in the UK. In fact, they have them all over the world. Um, One of our magicians uh, was progressing quite well on this particular show, and it was getting to the point where... So basically, if you do quite well on this show, you're instantly signed up to the agent that's behind it i'm trying to code this without, give, <laughs> without giving away I don't people
0: care can read it. between the lines yeah, people I, I, can I, read I, between the lines here
1: i don't care if it comes back to bite me because i'm not necessarily saying anything negative but basically if you go on this particular show and you do quite well on it you get you, it doesn't matter if you're an agency or not you instantly have to sign up with that agent and you become um exclusive to them now <clears throat> i was prepared for that to happen i am just prepared to let that perform and go and not try and getting their way because I believe in the performers and I want them to do well. And that reflects well on me. If one of my performers has gone on to this big thing, and uh, it's resulted in them joining an even bigger agency in ours, I'm absolutely fine with that. Um <clears throat> so I think some agents would try and stay in there and still try to claim a cut, you know, on their fees. That kinda of, I just think that that's terrible. So I'm living and breathing examples here of giving you giving you living and breathing examples of where I've stuck to my word and I think we've talked about. And the second one is one of our performers recently started doing cruise work and uh, really good gigs. He's literally traveling around the world now. He's having the time of his life. He's absolutely smashing it we've seen the feedback. They keep extending his contracts. He's doing absolutely amazingly well. However, he had to uh, give a cut to me and the other agents on the cruise ship. He may be listening to his podcast now and uh he'll, he'll keep me true to this obviously i've lived for it so i know the experience so it got to the point where he'd done a few cruises he was giving away quite a bit of his fee i'd take a cut the agent take a cut and he'd be left with the rest of the money now he came to me and said you know i can't really survive on this every every penny counts of course um because you know it can be hard enough to find entertaining work anyway so we had to come to some sort of agreement whereby um someone would have to be basically kicked out of the equation effectively and that happened to be us but i was fine with that because um any future work that comes off the, the cruises, any bookings, things like that, would still get back in there to perform, uh, sorry, to book uh this particular act. And secondly, where's your where's your head at? Are you wanting are you just in the game to just to take loads of money or are you there to support the artist? Because if you're there to take the money, it's gonna bite you on the backside. But if you're there to support the artist, they'll come back and help you further down the line. And if they are if they don't help you down the line, they're a bit they're a jerk and you shouldn't be working with them anyway. I know this particular performer uh, appreciated that I effectively let him go and his contract on this particular cruise ship was with the other agency. So that is the opposite of some examples that I've seen. And you touched on before as well. On, in on I know we have different performers listening in the magic industry, Facebook page called Magic Gig Share where magicians go on and share stuff. And I see just terrible agency fees all the time. I just think, what what's going on here. I don't know if people aren't educated about it, but <clears throat> it's written in law, the maximum amount you can take. But it's just uh it's it's an unregulated industry, isn't it? So I hope oh, there's kind of two long winded examples show you where um you know, can an easy give you examples of things like that where they've where they've moved on, where they negotiate things like, you know, <clears throat> are they being open and honest and transparent with you?
0: I think it's really insightful because this is a stuff that's not really spoken about. And we just look at agent as someone who's going to help us get work. But it's so important to understand what actually happens behind the scenes to see the bigger picture, because this is like what we need to be educated so we can make informed decisions when we work with agents, which brings us on to two questions I've got. Um One I hinted at the beginning, the other one I wanted to touch on throughout this. And um the questions are, is how do you know if it's right for you to Obviously, get an agent on board, and the other one is how do you go ahead and book the agent? So, the question I want to focus on first, um, and then we'll come into the other one, we'll ask a few questions on that back and forth, probably, and then we'll come into the other one afterwards uh, towards the end. But the one I want to focus on first is how do you know if it's right for you to get an agent on board at the moment? Because a lot of people are looking for agents all the time, based on the chats I've had with entertainers, predominantly magicians. they're always saying, oh, I want to get an agent, I want to get an agent, oh, I've applied for this agent. And these range from young people like 14, 15, who have barely gigged before. Some people who haven't ever done a paid gig. And then it ranges all the way up to professionals who are very, very busy working. So how do you know in your career if you should get an agent on board? I want to hear it from your words.
1: Yeah, um, I've been through that process um, because I needed agency work um <clears throat> a number of years ago, hence having um my thought process on, on what a good agent should be. So when I mean, the first thing of course that springs to mind is I want to get more gigs. and um, of course everybody wants more gigs. Of course they do. Um but you have to drill down for, you know into into further things than that. So I'll touch on some of the things that I think you need before you approach an agent. Um But something to to think about is, are you struggling with promotion? That's one thing to think about. You may be amazing on Instagram and Facebook with videos, flashy videos. I wasn't very good at that, but some people know are amazing. So you don't necessarily need an agent to promote you because you're getting thousands of views on your videos, things like that. It's Converting those into actual leads is a different topic, which I know you guys speak on the gig hero. Um, but is there a particular industry that you're looking to get into? So with the Factory of Magic, we I say traditionally, but we're only going in a couple of years. We target the corporate market um, for a number of reasons. They pay a lot of money for gigs. It's <laughs> is one of the reasons, but also because I have a background within that. So, are you trying to get into the festival circuit perhaps? And this agent is known for working at Glastonbury or the Big Chill or. Uh, the, the various other uh, multitude of festivals we have in the UK. Um, do you want to get work within residential homes for the simple reason that you want to test material out? It's a nice kind of laid back environment. So um, of course, everybody wants more gigs, but you, I think you need more reasons behind it because the first thing I ask somebody when they approach me is why do you want an agent? And I look to see what their answer is. And sometimes they just say, I want to get more gigs, but it's more than that. There should be more things that they can help me with. So moving on to that particular point, I think there's three things that you really need if you want an agent to really back you because he will ask you for it and he should be asking you for it is first, you have an established act. So that doesn't necessarily mean I've got a 40-minute stage show. That is one of the things which would be great. But can you comfortably go to a one or two-hour gig and perform Close-Up Magic? Or do you still need help and it still needs to be a polished act? Because remember, if the agent's going to put you to a gig, They've got to be 100% sure that you're going to be the right person and you're going to get glowing feedback. Because I've been in that situation where it's been the reverse, believe me. The second thing to look for, um, although not essential, it's definitely something you should uh, be looking for. And um, Ash and I are working on this particular thing for an upcoming gig in London uh, for a charity is do you have a show reel? Can someone come and follow you at a gig? So that's useful because then the agent can send that out to uh, prospective clients. Uh, and also share on their socials as well. And the third thing is, have you got any professional images? Um, there's various sites where you can go on and get a cheap uh, cameraman or videographer. Uh, when I say cheap, that doesn't mean they're rubbish. You can get students. <laughs> I believe i have used some to produce some really good content. Um, so these are the kinds of things that you need to think about. You know, have established acts, show real and images. Because how else can that person promote you other than having a conversation on the phone or a Zoom call? There isn't much to go about
0: and is there a particular stage in your career from beginner to experience pro? Like, is there also something like based on someone's like moment in their career, based on whether it's no gigs, one or two paid gigs they might have done, getting the odd gig to their diaries always full? Like, when's the right time in terms of the career and business to, to know, aha, I should get an agent or I've got to be here to get an agent on board?
1: Sure. I think at the point when you're would be deemed as semi-professional. So that's someone that goes out for, um, I don't want to say the word proper fees because everyone's got a different definition of that. So in the magician world, if you're performing at weddings, for example, you you could be charging anywhere between 250 to 1500 quid, maybe more for those in the UK, uh, British sterling referring to that. So if you're going out and charging actual fees is probably the point that I'm trying to make um you'd probably be deemed semi-professional um the other thing to look at as well is if you're looking to turn professional um i think if you within your industry if you have if you have other peers around you or friends that work within that industry get them to look at your act show them the things that you're doing because those are the guys that have maybe have been performing for some time and doing it to that professional level so it's at that point would be a time to go and get an agent. I certainly wouldn't advise somebody that's just starting out get an agent straight away because the last thing you want to do is turn up to a gig and it'd be terrible. We've all had them. I've had ter- terrible gigs in the past. I'm sure I'm just thinking of a couple of examples now from years ago that always make me laugh, Crims at the time. Um, are you at the point where you feel comfortable enough to go, in, go and perform for any audience anywhere? If you feel like that in your mind, it's probably it's probably a time when you might want to start looking at getting an agent, I would, I would suggest. And the other thing as well to point out is if you were to sit with an agent, do you think they would turn around and go, you know what, I'm ready to put... I, I think I'm ready to put you into gigs now um, because they've seen various acts. I know if I watch somebody, if I think they'll they'll do a brilliant job at whatever event I'm looking to put them on, I'll know when I've seen them after one act.
0: Okay, so the key message, you've got to be good at what you do, given, <laughs> because uh, you don't want the agent pumping out crap. <laughs> um, but also... You're at the point of like you're semi-professional. You've got a partial business behind you and you're looking for, as you say, an extension of your business to help you out. And this goes back to something that I've always been passionate about. And it's what you said to me. Don't be reliant of of an agent. You know, don't be reliant of someone else booking your gigs. And as an age old saying, which I love when it comes to business, never outsource problems. If you have a problem with anything, don't give it to someone else to do. Because if that person stops doing it, falls ill um retires just doesn't want to do it for you anymore or any other reason or well, also you can't monitor if, if they're doing it correctly well, it's just going to come back you're just delaying a problem like you've got to deal with your problems first of all and if you have a problem whether that be in terms of your marketing your conversion your sales but bottom line is you're struggling to book gigs you've got to deal with that on your own yeah. because i think this is a key message from this episode an agent is not someone to be reliant of it is just an extension another arm to your business another way in which you're going to have help and support getting leads in and help and support from another individual which will get you tips and if you're putting all of all of your problems on that agent it's unfair on them but it's just going to screw you up in the long run term so from what you've said there and, and what i know i guess the right stage to get an agent is when you've got a business kind of running But you're just looking to just take it to the next level you're already familiar with how to book gigs you can book gigs you're doing them well you're at a high fee you're bloody good at what you do but you're just looking to get a bit more support to just get a few more gigs into the pipeline that's kind of the right stage to get an agent then
1: yeah definitely i think it's like bringing on a team member as well isn't it so you know kind of like an admin person. I don't mind me calling that. An, an admin guy, it's absolutely fine. <clears throat> I'll, I'll certainly go and make the bruise if we worked in an office. That wouldn't be a problem. I see myself as an extension of the team, literally a team member. So whilst you're going out and doing the actual performance, I'm helping you in the background to get those gigs booked. And the other thing as well is, really, you should be relying on the agent So to it's almost becomes a manager as well. So the role role becomes extended. Is that agent willing to help you out? Do you need help as well? You might just simply be too busy. You could be running... Uh, uh, a part-time or a full-time job as well as your performing career as well and you're just at that point where you want to, to go full-time and it might be worth kind of bringing, bringing somebody out, somebody else in to help you. Another key thing as well is, um, I think we've all been guilty of this in the past, getting feedback. It's so important because you can go to an agent and go, look, I've got all these reviews. It's not just me saying how good I am. The people are going to perform for saying that as well. And the agent can use that within conversation because there's nothing better than social proof, is there? Um, have you got that? Have you got any feedback? Have you got anything on Facebook? Is there anything on Google or whichever particular platform that you use? And um, if you don't have any, you probably the chances are you're probably either just not receiving that feedback, in which case start now, or you may not be at that level where you need an agent that's going to get you the work. Bingo so
0: the other question which that links into them is if everyone has listened to this episode and they've gone oh okay that makes sense makes sense and for the few people out there who have clearly come here to go should i should i get an agent i want the behind the scenes they're aware of the problems they've listened to whether it's the right stage for them and there's maybe a few people out there who just like we say want an extension to their business to have a bit of help and support booking gigs relieve the pressure from them just a little bit to just get an extra flow in and they're thinking okay this is right for me how do we go about it and what should we look out for them
1: sure so google is your friend look for uk agencies good old me. mr google hey it really, really <laughs> is helpful other search engines are available it's just the best easier. I've never found an argument for another social media so, uh, search engine, not social media engine. Search engine. So look for UK agencies is probably the first uh, first point to look at. And I don't mind people contacting me that listen to this podcast as a follow up to ask me for advice, and I will share everything that's in this call, and we'll get into call. It's not a problem. I won't charge or just do it because I feel I'm helping the entertainment industry. Why would Why wouldn't you do that?
0: I'll put Dean's details in the show notes below if anyone wants to take him up on that wonderfully kind offer, my man.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get in, get involved in that. Um, so I look for an agent that gets work within that particular industry. Go and have a look at the logos, the references, the locations I've worked at, the companies that I've worked with, to get someone that's reputable. Doesn't necessarily have to be within the industry for years. We're not talking like a Libby Walsh or Simon Cowell uh, that worked in the music industry for years and years. Louis Walsh, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? on uh, the old pop showing bullshit.
0: your age showing your age it really
1: is but they've been in the industry for years that doesn't necessarily mean that the, I mean you're not going to approach Louis Walsh or Simon Cowell but you might do good luck if you are but the point is they don't have to necessarily be within the industry for years and years because they're probably stuck in their ways to be honest um but look for somebody that's really believes in the form of entertainment that you are promoting and performing with them that's really important because they've got to kind of believe in you so Get on google have a look for agencies um my particular agency isn't recruiting at the moment um we may do in the future but you're welcome to drop me a line i'm definitely happy to to speak with you but quite literally type into google fire entertainment a fire entertainment agencies or singer agencies or comedian agencies in the uk have a look on the website how well presented is it it's your shop front isn't it it should be a nice looking website to go on and then go and have a look at the terms and conditions which should be on the website. They should present in, be presenting the website. And that's another thing to draw out as well. One of the reasons I set up the factory, amongst many reasons, one small factor was I have not, I've yet to find a magic agency, um, I don't want to say age, but certainly magic agencies that presents their pricing on their website. Now, that doesn't mean it's full, firm and final. I'm not saying you have to do this as a magician, but again i'm being open and honest and transparent with it i want that feeling not to be just with the magicians but with the prospective clients as well so how open is that particular agent on there and also is there uh what what's the contact details like they should be willing to have a chat with you at the very least is what i'd say you don't want to be kind of you know getting on with the chat box it's not going to help is it at all yeah
0: okay so basically give it a google make sure it's all looking professional Are there any things we should be wary of at this stage?
1: Go on Trustpilot and type in that particular agency's name. Have a look at that. It's a really useful website. Trustpilot's great. See if there's any uh, reviews on there and also particular events. Go on LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn's a really good website, Um, social media platform for checking out that particular agency as well and and just, just see what's on there. Just have a look
0: is is that literally you've just got to do your due diligence you've got to do your research and i think as well it's not jumping full guns into it and just thinking hang on these people are going to be potentially representing me as an entertainer i've got to make sure they're good enough and like this is always what i say to entertainers in terms of when they get residencies when they're performing like a comedian a singer a magician is performing maybe at a cocktail bar a restaurant all those types of venues just like their usual um, weekly residency i always say to them when you're going in, when you're having a meeting to discuss what you do, it's not just a meeting, they're not just interviewing you, you're interviewing them, you're finding out whether they're going to be right for you, whether they're friendly and you can get on with them, whether you like the venue and all the details, and this is the exact same you've got to do with an agent, and I would always encourage, like, hop on a call, like, what what we teach our clients, Dean, you know, like, whenever we're teaching our clients the entertainer's back end of, like, what to do once they get an inquiry, we'll always, like, hop on a Zoom call, because if the person inquiring can't take the time like 15 minutes out of their day to chat with them they're not going to be worth going for the book anyway. any way they're probably just price hunting or something like that or they're just a pain and i guess it's the exact same when working with a residency or even an agent for example if they don't want to take the time out of their day to speak with you well you know they're not gonna have your best interest at heart down the line right and you want to use this as an opportunity to interview you want to have a chat back and forth you want to find out whether you're viable them. think is this person a nice person could they be my friend because they're going to be working with you for a very long time hopefully so you've got to do your due diligence but interview
1: it really is you 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 would treat it the same as you would with uh, a client i guess now i know not everybody's necessarily great on the call on they might be in better better in person whichever means of communication w- works for you but you really have got to be able to get on with them you know you're gonna have to be working with that particular person um you know how how outgoing is that particular person as well do, do they make you feel welcome and warm do they make you and i, I hope you feel like this ash because you've not walked away yet that you feel like i've really got your back you know um and a he's a thing- snake i'm locked down people help me help me <laughs> no forget that exclusivity change <laughs> <laughs> Is the, uh, is it just what well, the thoughts in the mind as well? Is the agent, uh, ask them, ask them whether how proactive they are. They're willing to cold call. Like I say to any magicians, just give me a location, anything like that, and I'll, I'll call them on your behalf. Not a problem. Why wouldn't you? You've got nothing, nothing to lose. But as you touched on a really important fact for me, and I do this in, in any walk of life as well. If someone isn't willing to have some kind of conversation with you verbally, then what, it just wasn't meant to happen you just you know you, you can't you can't deal with people like that it's it's not fair it's not fair and use if they're not willing to pick up the phone then um they're not worth dealing with at all there's lots of agents out there you will find someone if you really um if you're really serious about it and also as well if you um i'll give a little tip just outside of this to, uh, book to recommend because I read it a couple of years ago, and I wish I had it at the start of my career, although most of it rang true with me, is How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you've not read that, give that book a read. It's really good.
0: Good old Dale Carnegie, I think, wrote that's that
1: That's it. I'm trying to remember the author. It's just a great book, isn't it? How to Deal With People. I think that's good for life anyway, but I just thought I'd get a bit of reference in there. Yeah. I'm
0: going to do a follow-up. And if anyone has read that book, which if you haven't, order it straight away. And if anyone has read that, uh, read um, Keith Ferrazzi, Never Eat Alone and it is a wonderful book all on authentic networking um the the guy is described as a modern day dale carnegie basically um it's very clever person as well so two book recommendations there you go there you go people oh, lovely jubbly oh, and if you're not ready at that stage to book a, book an agent these these books will help you get your yeah. gigs and know how to deal with people one last thing then mm-hmm. i want to cover because we've covered everything from we've got a little insight into um the truth of, of what it's like as an agent um you know what to look out for what's the right stage a little bit about what you do why you set it up kind of like your your reasons uh, your morals and, and when we looked into all of this kind of stuff and we've kind of touched on what an agent will do but essentially it's just someone to help you book book the gigs and, and deal with like you say that the call in the paperwork back end but i've always been i've always had this story um and this came to me from one of our momentum clients um a little while back and he started working with an agent. Um, and from joining Momentum, he started to book a lot more gigs and he'd upped his fee massively. Like he was now charging a lot more money. Um, he was previously going out for about 200 pounds and now he was going out for 600, 800, a thousand pounds. So, you know, the, the fee had gone up a lot, but the agent was still trying to book this guy gigs at like the 200 pound level that the level which he was no longer going out for um and and i said you've got to hop on you've got to have a chat with your agent and you've got to say hey look here's a situation situation by myself i'm actually booking these gigs at a very high fee you've got to be putting that out for me as well because the old thing like Someone can't book you for £200 if someone else is paying for the exact same service for £600 or £1,000 because now it's unfair. Someone's getting the exact same thing for cheap and someone else is getting ripped off because they know they could have got it for cheap. But they get paying £1,000 for something which you're doing for £200. It's it's unfair on people. So I said to them, I said, you've got to have a chat with your agent. You need to have a face-to-face meeting, explain everything. Put your cards on the table and say, you need to be selling me at the prices which I can actually get myself. And I can get them, so you can get them. And the agent turned around and went, "Yeah, but that's, I, I just don't think you're worth that." What, what would you What would you deal with that scenario?
1: Um, I'd probably walk away. <laughs> Point on uh, no, I, I genuinely would. I'm finding the agent, but on a, on a serious note, though, if I would provide evidence to show, look, this, these are the, the, the fees that I'm going out for, I and mean, it just sounds like the agent isn't particularly for them. They're not really. They're not really behind them. They're not putting the effort in. They should believe you every step of the way. Because if you're if you're good enough, why shouldn't you be charging those fees? That that's what you charge. And if you're good enough, people are willing to people will be willing to pay it. The other thing as well is, I know this is uh something that you're passionate about, Ashley. So the, with, with regard to the fees, it should get to the point where the fees just it's it's a nominal number because there's that much value there in the first place. And I'd question whether the agent is really building that value up. Uh, for you because it's in their interest as well you know the bigger fee it is the more commission they get let's be honest um but yeah they've they've got to have that particular performance back it's just it's just not going to work in the long term
0: yeah and i think this is a crucial lesson Like, you've got to first of all you've got to interview people from the offset to make sure that problems like this don't come up down the line to make sure that you're bringing on a friend someone that like like you we gel we're 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 great we're I'll get along with you really well. And and I love that. I wouldn't work with anyone else because I would hate to just work with someone who just drops me an email every often and they're like, that's it. I'm like, you need to have that back and forth. You need to have that rapport. So you've got to do your due diligence like that off the offset. You've got to make sure whether they've got your interest best in heart. But sometimes it does get to a point like what I mentioned with an example from one of our Momentum clients where maybe that agent just isn't right for you anymore and you've got to make that decision whether you're going to jump the net and, and pursue something elsewhere because... You don't want them to hold you back and if they are right for you, like you said, they will try and push you harder because they want the best from you and if they're not prepared for that, you've got to make the call to move on because at the end of the day, you could run the risk exactly like I saw in the example I gave and this is exactly what I said. I said, you're still relying on them and they're holding you back because it's taking your time and you're doing low-paid gigs which are just depleting your energy because you know you could do them for so much more money and it's zapping your time, it's zapping your energy and it's making you unmotivated. Sometimes you've got to jump the nest. And move on if if that ever does come up down the line exactly
1: yeah if they've got got your back is a, a key thing as well can they introduce you to your to the network to the other performers on the books as well so you can trade ideas i think that's a nice thing that's come out of the factory magic is we've got this kind of network of people and we're all helping each other and uh, the remaining members that aren't members of the magic circle are becoming that. It's you know it's not the be all and end all, but it's a nice thing and and, and we're helping each other create things and bouncing ideas off on the WhatsApp group etc as well. And also, don't be afraid to ask the agent uh, what background work are they doing because with everyone within the agency, I sometimes don't speak to them for, for some time. But then when I do a catch up and I talk through the things that I've been doing and you know, or oh, it goes out in the WhatsApp group stuff like that because I hate the idea of one of my magicians thinking that I'm just. Sat here waiting for the gigs to come in. It terrifies me that. And when I, talk is I just, I just think it's poor. Like you know what you're doing. You're trying to work all that time, but sometimes it doesn't. So don't think when you join an agency, you're instantly going to get that work. That doesn't mean they're waiting for the gigs to come in. They're doing things in the background. They could be doing things to the website, the social, the blog piece, or doing a podcast, something like this, or interviews, anything like that. They're constantly trying to get the work um, for you. And don't be afraid to ask. You know, what, what do you do apart from making cold calls? Is there anything you're going to help promote it? Um, so that we can we can work together because I know I do stuff every day to try <laughs> to try and get work. If there was a golden bullet, uh, I would it would be prices, wouldn't it? That, that said, do this and you will get all the gigs you want, all the money, <laughs> all the fees that you want. So yeah, are they are they working hard and working with you? I think should be a key a key takeaway from this.
0: Exactly, exactly that. So you know, I think it's been a really valuable uh, insight into the honesty uh behind working uh with an agent uh whether you should whether it's at the right stage for you um the the biggest lesson don't be reliant on an agent it's an extension to your business it's not your business you're not outsourcing all of your problems you still got to book the gigs yourself you're just getting someone else's help in and to just be aware of like problems And difficulties which come up with some unethical agents of people who just set up these agencies just because they want to do it to make some cash. And whenever you set up a business just because you want to make cash, you're never in it for the right reasons because cash is just a stupid, meaningless thing. (laughs) At the end of the day. So we've covered some really interesting topics. I know this has been very useful for uh, a lot of people which I speak to. So when it comes out, they're going to get some immense value from this because they are at the stage of thinking about looking for agents. Uh, And I think for some of them, it will have persuaded them to, aha, I'm not the right stage. And others, it'll have educated them into what to do, what to keep an eye out for so that they don't get mugged off and disheartened down the line when working with an agent. And the age old lesson, which I'll bring up again, do not be relying on an agent. You must take ownership over your business and the agent is just an extension of someone helping you out so with that said dean as we wrap up the episode is there any final thing which you would like to say any wholesome message any any wise wisdom or knowledge or anything you felt like you haven't covered in the episode that you'd like to share because we've got people from all types of entertainers comedians singers fire eaters jugglers circus performers magicians all of that in here and i know there's a few event planners that do listen to this podcast as well so are there anything is there anything that you would like to say and after that where can people find you where can people stalk you where can people connect
1: with you Sure. Uh, I really appreciate your time today. It's been uh, it's been great talking about something that I'm so passionate about and absolutely love doing. And I'm not going anywhere. I hope I'm going to be here doing this for a long, long time because I just, yeah, I think I think people need help along the way. Sometimes you do. Um, and I see myself as a team member with every, every single magician. But just good luck, everybody. Getting back out there performing. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, please do. Just just drop me a message. I'll have a chat with you, no problem. Um, and you can get in touch via our website, factorymagic.com. That's factorymagic.com. Or you can just drop me an email, which is dean at factorymagic.com. It's the dean at factorymagic.com. So nice and simple to remember. So, yeah, um, give me a call anytime.
0: Wonderful stuff. Beautiful stuff. Well, with that said, Dean, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. I'll let you go back to making me money. <laughs> and I'm sure <laughs> we'll see you very soon. You take care, my man. Thank you.